0: If you're going to go all in with something, it has to be something that you're actually excited about. Hey there, you're listening to the Jerisha Said Podcast, episode
1: 44. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each season, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve, sell, and scale your consulting business. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. If you are ready for a transparent, all the way real, edge-snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, corporate engineer turned online business consultant, Jerisha Hawk. Listen, listen, listen. I'm going to need you to turn your volume up because this episode is about to bring the fire. I am so excited to bring this guest to you today. She's one of very, very influential you know, business owner in our industry, you guys all probably know who she is. I've been following her for a few years now and I have the privilege to work with her directly. But one of the reasons I'm part of the CB Fan Club is because she is a master of focus and exponential growth. The one and only Caitlin Batcher helps course creators stop launching and start scaling so they can rapidly increase revenue and get off the launch roller coaster for good. The Evergreen Scale Method is only available inside her signature program, Scale with Success, and it will completely transform your approach to selling your online course. When Caitlin isn't scaling with success, she can be found at Target making slime, yes, slime, with her seven-year-old daughter or on a hot date with her husband at their favorite Chinese restaurant that sometimes ends with a bonus trip to Target. If you can't tell, Caitlin is a Target fanatic like the rest of us. Caitlin is also an expert on The Real Housewives, except for Dallas, she just can't get into it, and Vanderpump Rules. Typically, you see the highlight reel of the seven-figure business owners you most admire, but it's a bit challenging to piece together the path they took to get there. During our chat with Caitlin today, you are going to see the behind the scenes of what decisions she made. Learn how she started with one-on-one services in the beginning and how she was able to scale her one-on-one services into a seven-figure empire. I guess we will dive in. I know that you've shared the story before, but I know about the Little Farm Media and Bossy Biz Ladies, your first course and your first business. Can Uh you tell us what you like, just give a short understanding of what your business and what your life was like, Caitlin Basher before
0: seven figures? (laughs) Yeah, before yeah, figures, sure. Four five figures. Yeah. Okay. So, basically, my business kind of started by accident a little bit. I would say accident slash desperation. So, some people don't know this, but I was actually an elementary school teacher for eight years in a public school in San Diego, and my husband, when I became pregnant, got a job transfer up to San Francisco area. And which is where we live now. So when we transferred up here, I thought, well, I really want to take some time off from teaching, and I'd like to be stay at home with Callie for a couple years and see how that goes. And everything was great initially, and then I found myself like, I feel like this is how you would be, and I know that this is how like a lot of your listeners would be too. It's like we have that CEO in us, no matter what. So I was a stay at home mom, but I was also like running multiple mommy groups. And I had people like, I had all these Google sheets where like everyone was like, I had like essentially an email list that was like through Google mail. And I'm like mailing people and here's the event and I can't not do it. Right. So like I did that for a while and then I just really wanted something more. I wanted a life. Outside of just being a mom. And I had always had that. I worked since, like, even when I was, you know, I think I had my first job when I was 11 years old, had my first summer job. Like, I always worked, always, always. And I kind of missed it. And so at the time, I had a friend who had started an interior design business and she was starting to get into social media. She's like, I don't know how this works. And I was like, look, why don't I do it for you, like, for free? Like, I'll just come in and experiment and stuff because when I was teaching, I also managed the school's social media and managed the school's blog and whatever. And so, well, let me just take care of it for you. So I did it and we started to get some results from it. And I was like, Oh, I bet somebody would pay me to do this. And so then she had a friend who was a wallpaper designer and this wallpaper designer, like, Oh my God, her stuff is gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. But she had no social media, like she was not anywhere on social media. And so I was like, this is a big opportunity for me. Number one, because I like her, I really believe in what she's doing. And so I know if I can get results like for her, then I can use that in order to get other clients. And because I knew she had like designed wallpaper for like popular bloggers, like in the home design space. So I was like, oh, she's going to like, I can do this for her. And so I reached out to her and I created this proposal. Like, I don't even know how I just made it up proposal. And I so like, look, this is what I can do for you. And she was like, okay, that's great. But no, (laughs) she's like, I can't pay that. And I was like, okay, so let's see what can you pay? Like, let's figure out something, right? That was your first down sell. Yeah, that's right. First down sell. And so then we worked it out. Like, I think my initial proposal to her was like a $500 a month retainer. And then I ended up doing something that was like, 250 a month or something like that. But I did it and she was so easy to work with and so great. And through her, I was then able to get results for her, like in building her Instagram and her Pinterest. Those were the main things that she focused on. And after doing that, then she started introducing me to like her other friends that had similar businesses. And at the same time, I also was like, well, I'm not going to stop here. I just started reaching out to like everyone. Like I asked my dentist, I was like, do you need help with Facebook? I can help you. Like I just had all these random projects. And so then I found myself in a place where like, I'm sure a lot of your audience has found yourself where all of us, it's like, it kind of happened by accident. It snowballed. Like, I mean, I think I was making like $1,500 a month total for all these clients. And I was like, I am winning at life. I did it like... I seriously was like, "Oh my god, I am like the richest person alive!" Like, even though it was less than what I made when I was teaching, I was still like, "Whoa, I can actually make money!" Like, well, this you is do this on your own, yeah, like and-
1: off your own merit, like legit off your own ideas. Yes, yeah. So, how did you transition? Because I think a large a part yeah. of our audience is at a point right now where maybe there where they're yeah charging a couple hundred dollars for an offer. What yep. made you get se- like I don't want to say get serious, but yeah, was the first, it was like, four figure,
0: yeah, like when did you get serious and okay. like, start getting four figure offers? So I got serious when I was like, oh my God, this really sucks. I just actually hate this. And I don't yeah. like social media management any. I like the strategy. I want to help people develop the strategy and then they can implement it or someone on their team can implement it. And so beginning in January of 2015, that's when I really made that shift. Mm-hmm. And I then focused on one on one. So, even then, Jerisha, even then, I was not doing four figure offers. I was charging people $87 for a one hour call. And oh, no. Because, because I was such a hustler, I had like five calls a day. Five calls a day, five days. Like, I was like, I literally had a wait list that was like people would wait like three months. And so to get on the phone with me, yeah. So, hear that out $87 for an hour. You were completely yeah. booked out. Totally, yeah. So at that time, so then I was making like, I don't know, like 3000 a month, something like that. And I was like, okay, now, once again, starting to hate life because I don't like to be bored. And I was doing this, like these calls, I noticed I started to follow a similar format. It's like, we always talked about this first and then this and this. And what I didn't realize is that through that one-on-one work, I was really developing like a method, right? Yeah. A framework to guide people through. And at the time I had never take an, an online course. But I saw, <laughs> I saw someone else. So in the life coaching space, she was like, I'm selling an online course. I'm like, oh, what's that? And I was like, I can do that. And so then I, on Squarespace, so I decided, cause I was like, I am burned out from this one-on-one. Like I could tell, I just like, I didn't want to do it. So on Squarespace at the time, they didn't have member space. They had like, you could get like a password protected blog. And so everyone had the same password. The password was like, bossy biz ladies or boss, or I don't know what it was, something like that. So I put up a sales page and the sales page was just text. Again, it was on my Spurspace blog because like I didn't have lead pages. I didn't have anything like that. So I just had the sales page. And then I had the, like, I embedded the PayPal button, whatever. It was like $97. And so I put the PayPal and then what would happen is I would get notified by PayPal. And then I would manually, because I didn't know like how anything worked. I'd manually email this person. I'd be like, hey, thanks for signing up. Here's the link to the blog, and the password is bossy or whatever the, pa- you know. And like, so I was just like doing it. And then that started to get traction. And I was like, oh man, I can make way more doing this. This is way more fun. So then in summer, I made the decision to cancel doing all the one on one work and just do that. And then later on that year, I was like, it's, I said, well, you know, it was a, the name of the course was called Bossy Biz Ladies. And then, Later on that year, I was like, you know what? Everyone just seems to care about like from the course that I was offering, everyone just cared about the Instagram section. So I'm just going to make an Instagram course. And so then I came out with a course it was called Wham Bam Instagram, <laughs> which I still love that name. And so I came up with that and I think I doubled. So that one was like 197 And I was so nervous to price it at 197 I remember I was so scared. But then after that, you know, it was just like, I think a lot of people kind of overthink stuff. And the reality is that if you're offering one-on-one services, you probably have like a methodology or some kind of framework or something that you can take and use to create like a group program or a course or something like that. I mean, you definitely need like coaching around that or, and help and things like that. But I feel like a lot of people just kind of overcomplicate it in their head. Like this first course that I had, it was like, there was no video. Oh my God. There was a video. There was one video that I recorded with some free recording. Cause I was like, I'm not going to pay for a recording like thing. And it was like some free resource on the internet. I don't remember. It wasn't QuickTime. I don't know what it was, but it literally had like the logo of the. In the video. Uh, oh yeah. Like in the <laughs> corner, it was like really grainy and it had the logo. It was something I was showing how to do something on Pinterest. I don't know what was. So that was the only video, but everything else was text and people were getting results. Like it didn't matter. The only thing that people really care about is whether or not they're going to get results. That's it. All of that other stuff that people worry about is just ego. Like, is someone going to judge it? Is someone going to watch this video and say it's crap? Probably. Like most likely. If they're getting results, like it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: I love that. Because one, I just think it's really want to point out like how many times well, one, how one-on-one services allowed you to get into the core space because you that was a place where you were able to develop your methodology and develop your process. But I loved how willing you were to just continue to pivot and, and pivot and refine and pivot and refine and pivot and refine during those early stages until you got to the point where, so how when did you make the switch from Instagram to owning, like Caitlin, you are like the go-to person when it came to Facebook groups.
0: Yeah. When did you make that switch from Instagram to Facebook? Okay. So it was, so, yeah. So in 2015, I was selling the bossy biz ladies and the Instagram course. And then in 2016, I was still selling bossy biz ladies and Instagram. And then I was like, I thought, well, I'm going to do another course. Like I thought at the time that if you wanted to make more money, you had to keep creating new courses because that's what I saw a lot of people around me doing. And I was like, well, they must know something I don't know, which is, that was actually like the worst thing to do. And there's this one episode and I told Amy Porterfield this, there's this one episode that she did a long, long time ago that I heard that really changed things for me. And like, she said that you really need to stick with one offer for like a year, like stick with it for a year, go all in with it, like really refine it. And I don't know when I heard that, I remember when I heard, I think it was on the treadmill when I heard that. And I was like, Amy doesn't know what she's talking about. Like, right. <laughs> you know, whatever. But then, like, of course, like eventually it sunk well, in. Well, it's
1: hard to believe that because in a lot of the spaces, you look at a lot of the people who are at the top right now, they have multiple offers, multiple products. And yep. that's one reason why I really resonated with you and why I ended up joining Scale with Success is because I'm a big firm believer in having a signature offer and going all in on that one thing. And I feel like a lot of the time, at least for me, the people that I look up to who have multiple offers, they didn't start with multiple offers.
0: That's not what got them there. Yeah. And that's the problem that we have is that we look at where people are and we look at what they're doing right now. And then we just try to replicate it from the top instead of like, well, what did they do at the bottom? Yeah. Right? Like what did they do in order to get there? And it just doesn't make, there's so much that goes into developing that signature offer and getting known as that person. And the only way you're going to get known as that person is if you make the decision to go all in with it and start telling people like, I'm the one to come to, if you want to talk about such and such. Right. And so I initially had that, those two courses. And then I had the Facebook group course that was in 2016. And it was just like, it was too much. Like it was still just me and my VA. And we were just like, this is really hard, like very confusing. The customer journey wasn't like really clear. And so in 2017, then I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to make it. So like, again, just like a big crazy goal. It's like, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. And so in order to do that, I knew that I had to go all in with one thing. And so I stopped selling all of the other stuff. And I was like, I'm only focused on selling this one Facebook group course. And that's it. And that's what I'm going to be known for and blah, blah, blah. And so I did. And so I went from like 2016 was $200,000. And then 2017 was a million dollars. And there's no way that I would have made a million dollars if I had been selling all this other stuff.
1: Man, so yeah. So one thing is, you were able to get to six figures by selling a multitude of offers. Yeah, and winging it, (laughs) winging it. And I think that you can kind of wing it. You can wing your way to like two hundred thousand dollars. Totally. Yeah, but it can suck at this process. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody's like, I want to hit six figures. Once I get there, you know, I've made it. I'm on top of the world. But then you look, it's like you're working more now than you probably ever worked. At least that's how it's starting to feel for me. Yeah, and I'm At that point now, but like to get you from six figures to seven, it was like, go all in on one thing, be known for one thing. And even to get me to six figures, even I would say this was my first six, I was able to do a multitude of offers, but what seamlessly got me to multiple six was focusing on one.
0: Yeah. So
1: I'm just glad that you said that because somebody in the back, the children in the second row of the vehicle right now, yes. like, your coworker <laughs> in the cubicle next door everybody needs <laughs> to hear this. Like once you start to develop your process, focus on one thing. But what made you decide to focus on Facebook groups versus the other two programs? Because I okay. know that comes
0: up a lot. People are like, well, how yeah. do I pick which to focus on? I mean, honestly, for me, it was like I knew I didn't want to do the general social media course because I was like, this is too general. It's not like specific enough as far as the Instagram course does. I could have pursued that, but I was just kind of tired. Of, like I didn't enjoy it the way that I really enjoyed talking about Facebook groups. So. If you're gonna go all in with something, it has to be something that you're actually excited about. Like the thing that I loved about working with people who had Facebook groups, it's a different personality type, someone who wants to excel at Instagram versus someone who wants to excel at a Facebook group. Anyone can do Instagram. And I don't wanna like poo-poo that and in terms of like, oh, anyone can do it. Like no, like of course it requires like skill and strategy and all that kind of stuff. But I guess what I mean is it's not everyone wants to have a Facebook group. And there's a specific type of person, someone who is interested in really, you know, stepping into a role of leadership, of like really building a community. And I like working with people like that. And so I was like, all right, here we go. Like, we're going to do this. And it was a risk because I had a lot of people on my list that just wanted to hear about Instagram. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, we're not talking about that anymore.
1: So, <laughs> uh, you know. see you later and go somewhere else. But, yeah. Yeah. So you made that decision and I love the way that you just broke that down, but like, what were some other decisions that you made to help you really get from, so guys, just to quickly map this out, it was doing one-on-one retainer, then doing mm-hmm. one-on-one like individually coaching, Yeah, coaching, coaching. consulting, yeah. then packaging that into your first course and then mm-hmm. another course. And then you st- really came out with your flagship mm-hmm. signature course. Yeah. And then, to get you from there to, to seven figures, you said going all in on that one thing. But were there yeah. some other decisions that you made in regards to like what type of support did you? Oh yeah, to okay. In? Okay, so there's a mindset yeah. shift that. Oh yeah.
0: Happens. So let's talk about that. The first thing that I did, so I didn't wake up on January first in okay. 2017 and say I'm going to make a million dollars this year. Like I had been thinking about it in 2016, and I was like, I just feel like. I knew what was possible, but I didn't really have like any coaching much up until that point. Like I'd taken various courses here and there and I just wasn't, I was like, I know there's something I'm missing. Cause like, this is a good product, but like, I see bigger people and they're doing things differently than me. And I don't know what they're like, there's something that I'm missing that I need to know that you can't kind of funnel hack. No, 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 exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And so I was like, okay, next year, I want to make a million dollars. The first thing that I did, and this is still what I do to this day. If I set a big goal for myself, the very first thing that I do is like, who is going to support me to get there? Like, who am I going to work with? Who is going to like, what programs am I going to join? What one-on-one coaching am I going to get? Whatever, like build that support system has to come first. And then you can do it. Like, the last thing I want anyone to think is that I did this all myself because I did not like you can't. And if you find someone who did it by themselves, I guarantee it was like burnout and like pure hell. Like it's just hard. And my journey through scaling my business, it felt good. Like I didn't burn out. I didn't have like a nervous breakdown. I didn't have to close everything and say, Oh, like, sorry guys, I need to take like a mental break. Like I didn't have that because I was supported on the way. And, you know, like last year, like we went from that 1 million year to the following year was two and a half million. And then this year, the goal is 4 million. And the only way that's possible is that each year I say, who's going to be like supporting me in order to do this? Who do we need? Now, of course, it's like, who do we need in terms of like team? Like who are the employees that I need to hire? But the one thing that I never skimped on was professional development. And that is the mindset shift because just like you said, you can totally hack your way to like 100K, 200K, whatever, just kind of like trial and error. Like like it's hard, right? It's like hard and painful, but like you kind of can. Like if you get lucky, you can do it, but it's so different. Like that's the shift is like all these people that you see out there that are doing really well, they have so much support. Like nobody's doing it on their own they're in programs they get one-on-one coaching like that's what everyone needs yeah it's like this is like think about it like if you're like an athlete like building a million dollar business that's like a gold medal like athlete like they don't say like i'm gonna train myself or i'm gonna watch youtube and learn how to run like who does
1: (laughs) running your own business comes with a lot of challenges converting clients doesn't need to be one of them Creating content using live video will guarantee that you stand out from your competition. And packaging a signature service ensures that you attract high-end clients, you know, the ones who are ready to invest and eager to do the work. I created a crash course training, sharing the proven framework that hundreds of coaches and consultants have used to grow an audience of qualified leads rather than a list of lurkers. Visit gerashahoff.com backslash masterclass to register for my next training on how to enroll high-ticket clients consistently. More shares plus more comments plus more engagement equals more sales. It's that simple. Learn the proven strategy and simple process I teach in my premium program, Services That Sell. It works. Visit JerishaHoff.com backslash masterclass today. Well, I'm glad that you're bringing this up and I just want to know if we can go there, like in mm-hmm. regards to like a percentage of your revenue, mm-hmm. how much do you dedicate to, I know so you good. run on a really lean team, yeah. but like, how much do you dedicate on personal development and like from a percentage perspective? Cause I yeah. think as people are growing, it's like, well, yeah. I'm only making this much. How do I allocate? Yeah. And then like, I'm so glad you said you need the support before you, that you're going to get there. Yeah. How much are you financially
0: allocating for that? So I would say it really, really changes. And this is like an analogy that I can give is what my mom told me when I was, when I had Callie and I wanted to start my business. And I was like, I was like, I can't afford daycare right now. I can't afford it. So I'm going to wait until I get my business up until this level. And then I'm going to start to pay for daycare. And my mom was never took anything for herself. She was always like kids. I mean, she always worked, but she was just like, I felt like she never really put herself first. But after I called, she sat me down and she's like, look, this is how it really works. Like you cannot do this unless you make that investment, unless you get her in daycare first. Like you cannot wait until you have the money in order to invest this. You invest in it now when it's painful and you have like no profit really to show. And then by doing that, that's going to give you like the freedom in order to get to the next level. So like in total, when I think of it last year, how much did I, I mean, it really just, it depended because at various times I would have a one-on-one coach. If I wanted to learn something really specific, I was in a couple different group programs for that. And these are not like, they're like 25K a month group programs, right? But it's like something really specific that I know I can't learn anywhere else. I was in like three different masterminds I definitely spent six figures for sure in professional development last year, but I didn't invest that money. I didn't wait until I made two and a half million to invest that. I invested that first, like I front loaded it. And then by doing that, that allows me to make money in the future. And I see a lot of people in their business, they're investing in the wrong things. And the professional development is something that you should never skimp on. Like mm. I see people building these like expensive teams, hiring really expensive like consultants. Like they're paying these people so much money. And they're like, well, I don't have the funds for Jerisha's program, or I don't have the funds for this or that or whatever. It's like, where are you allocating? Like your professional development is like water. That's a non-negotiable. Like you cut down wherever you need to cut down but like, you can't do that. You can't run it without it. And like, I always tell my clients, like, if you want to go work with someone else, that is totally fine. Like that's totally fine, but you need to be getting the coaching from somewhere. So if it's not a question of like, am I going to pay for coaching this year or am I not going to pay for it? It's like, who's it going to be? You just can't not do it. The mistakes at this level are too expensive. Once you're at this level where you're making multiple six figures a year, a million dollars a year, like a mistake is like a hundred thousand dollars right. or more. Like this is not playtime. Like now you have real stuff. Like
1: I love the fact that you have worked with a variety, received support in a variety of different ways, whether it was one on one in a group program or in a mastermind. Yeah. But like for you, what is criteria that you use to evaluate? which decision to, like what type of support to receive and yeah. like where? To, like, what's your buying criteria?
0: Okay, so for me, I don't know. I really trust my gut. So basically what I'm looking for is who is leading the program and what has their trajectory been like? Because you are gonna find a lot of people, you know, let's say you wanna make a million dollars. All right, if you're a listener, of like Drisha said, you wanna make a million dollars. There's a lot of people out there That are making a million dollars that lead a program and that's fine they can help you get there but here's what you might not know they may have been making 1 million dollars for the last five years every single year and if that's the case like why aren't they growing like I'm investing in people that have exponential growth because I know that's what I need you guys have probably been in this situation before where sometimes you hire a coach and then you're in that awkward position where you're like, I fucking know more than my coach. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what is this? (laughs) Right? Like, I remember that happened, like at the very beginning of my, like I invested a program and then like my coach was like asking me for help. This was like way, way, way in the beginning, like in 2015, it was like asking me for help. And I was like, this is getting weird. Like I'm supposed to be asking you for help. Like what's happening here? And so it's like, I always look at like, what is their trajectory and what is their unique expertise? And is that something that I really feel like I need, right? For me this year, as I work towards like building an eight figure business, the thing for me is like building a team and how do I structure that team and how do I create a culture where People are proud to work at Caitlin Batcher headquarters and I'm building a company where people are like, Oh, I want to work there. Like that attracts like a players and is able to retain a players. It's like a totally, it's no longer a question of like, how do I get clients and customers? Cause we've got that. It's like, how do I build out my team in a way we're just able to like keep, we have the infrastructure to just keep going. I love that. And also what you said too, though, like, I remember we were talking a little bit earlier about like core values and stuff. And that's really important to me too, because I'm really picky about where I spend my money and I'm not going to spend money with someone if I don't really like what they're kind of what they're doing. Like, I don't want to say in their personal life, cause we never know exactly what people are doing in their personal yeah. life, but you can just get a sense of people and like what's important to them and what's not important. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like that's really important. I look at that too. Like how do they treat their team? That's a big one for me because there are a lot of leaders in this space who have teams that are broken, that are burnt out, that like talk about them behind their back. And it's just like a big mess. Like I don't want to grow a team like that. So why would I learn from someone who has yeah. a team like that?
1: Yeah. I, I love that you said that because that's something, and I know we mentioned this before we started recording, but like why I chose to invest with you because it's, criteria for me is making sure that I'm aligning with somebody that isn't just getting the results that I want to get, but that also got there in a way that I also align with. So thanks for sharing that. But in regards to like how you're growing your business from like a marketing standpoint, mm. you know, in the beginning, it sounded like you were basing it a lot off referrals and making sure, you know, you were just willing to, who do I know? I'm making contact. It's like flag football out here. She's like <laughs> I'm coming for you. But as you've grown, when did it actually make sense for you and your business to start running, using evergreen webinars yeah. to sell your service or to sell your program? Because I think, yeah. I know for me, I try to do that too soon. And it was like, I didn't have the budget and like, it yeah. didn't, I couldn't figure it out. But like, when was the time for you where it made sense to automate your sales process?
0: Yeah, I think it made sense for me when I started to... I just felt like I was launching a lot and I felt like it was just kind of flat line. Like I was doing the same thing, but I had just kind of like reached a plateau Mm. and I knew that I had reached a plateau and I wanted to break through that, but I felt like the only way to really break through that. And I do think like, I don't think there's anything wrong with launching and some people really love launching and they're amazing at it. And that's great. I just wasn't, it like didn't fit in with my life you know it's like callie's homesick, and i have to do a live webinar it's like you know she's like laying on the floor like throwing up and i'm doing a live like this is weird right like it just doesn't match up and so i knew that there was like the way that i would have been able to break through that like launch thing is like to go really big through that launch plateau is to go really big get like a hundred affiliates And we spend, you know, upfront, we have like a six month launch runway and we're running a hundred thousand dollars in ads during that six month period. And we're building up audiences. And then, you know, everything's riding on this like five day open cart period. And we put it all in. Like, if that's what it took, like, I just didn't want that. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I didn't even know, I didn't know that evergreen webinars could be so profitable. And I tell this story where it literally wasn't until this one guy who has home organization course, I was talking to him and I was like, yeah, like I can do a six figure launch, but like, it's just like, I can't get past that. Like I'm literally just like at the same, like six figure launches, like over and over just as like, not going to work, I guess, or I don't know. And he was like, look, I want to show you something. And then he like opened up his you know, little like spreadsheet thing. And he was showing me his numbers and he's making like $300,000 a month from a home organization course that is like, I don't know, it was like, I think he recently raised it to 400. It was like $300 or something, right? And I was like, what in the world? Like, I just had no clue. I didn't even know that that was possible because I didn't see anyone else doing that. Like, I just didn't know. All I saw was these like big fancy launches. And so once I saw that, I'm the type of person, all I need to know is that like one person has done it. If I know one person that has done it, I know that it's possible for me. And so just seeing that he had done it, I was like, okay, like that's what we're going to do. And so we just like, I remember I set aside a month and at the time it was just me and my VA and my ads manager. Well, I got an ads manager then. So I was like, so it was just me and my VA. I was like, okay, let's just try this. So we like, we had a month, we put it, you know, built out like our automations, our blah, 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 all that stuff. And I remember talking to the ad manager and he was like, right, like let's approach this in a way that it's like an experiment. Because if we approached it in a way that was like experimental, then it would keep it kind of light and fun. And it wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, if this doesn't work, it means nobody will ever buy and I'm a fraud and I'm a bad person and da-da-da, which is what a lot of people do. So it's just like, oh, let's try this. Oh, didn't work. All right, let's try this now. Oh, didn't work. Okay, let's try this. Like, you know what I mean? Just like tweaking it over time. And then it was like, oh, dang, like I'm actually making more money than I did launching. Like I'm making more money per month than I ever did in my like most profitable lunch, like launch, not lunch. I'm like, (laughs) this is crazy, right? But it's true. But it doesn't mean that path is right for everyone. Like I don't like launching all the time. It just doesn't fit in with my life. I'm just the type of person. Like I just like having the evergreen stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hear you on it. And I mean, I think it's amazing what you've been able to build and how many students you've been able to help debunk that belief that like you can sell on evergreen funnels. Once you have a solid offer and you have your signature program and it's like you've kind of capped out in other places, Mm -hmm. there's a really great way for this is a great way to scale it. So, I mean, we're in 2019 now and I know that you're shooting for 4 million in revenue. Yeah. Kind of like what... Like what's on your whiteboard at home? Like what is the okay the focus for you in regards to get from where you
0: are right now to get to
1: that four million mark?
0: So the main thing for us was that, you know, last so the main thing for us is to really build out our ascension model. And so that's what we've been working on this year. So we launched a new course that was the problem that we were having is that the Facebook group was not. Course, the Facebook group course was not in direct alignment with our group coaching program, Scale with Success. And so we were making money on it and it was really profitable. But the downside of that is that you're building a list of people that is like all in for Facebook groups and wants to hear more and more about Facebook groups. But like, what else am I going to sell them? Like, I can try to be like, okay, and this is now it's like evergreen webinars and now it's but it's just like, it doesn't make sense. And so we really had to. So this year it was like, okay, like, what is the Ascension model going to be? We need a course. We need a mastermind. We need a podcast that's coming later. Like, how are we going to increase the lifetime value of each customer that we get so that we can afford to pay more and more via advertising, right? And we can afford to pay more than any of our competitors. But for me, Like my whole thing, because a lot of people are like, why don't you just like sit back? Like, why do you keep going? And I think at this stage, I would even say at the multiple six figure stage in order to get to a million, because a lot of people are just like comfy at 200K. Like they'll just like stay there forever. And like, I feel like you have to have something bigger that is like outside of yourself that you're working towards. And for me, it's this phrase of like helping women claim their seat at the table like claiming their seat at the table. That's the phrase that I literally, like when you talk about like what's on the whiteboard, like that's what it is. Claiming your seat at the table, because there's a lot of people that have felt like they haven't had a voice. And when I look at the world and I look at who's in charge of making decisions and like, who is the leadership in this country and other countries, I'm like, this is a big mess. Like, We need to get more people at these tables where the decisions are being made. And for me, one of the ways that I can contribute to that is to help people make more money, help the right people make money. And when I know when I'm helping them make more money, they're able to then impact their communities who are then able to impact their communities and so on. And so like, that's what drives me. Like I think about my grandma, right? Who had like no money. Like I grew up with food stamps. We lived in an attic. Like, <laughs> you know, like I think about all these, not always. Like this is not like a rags to riches story or whatever. Like that was just for part of my childhood. But like it still happened. Like when I think of all of these women in my life who had who didn't have a choice, and now we have a choice. Like, I don't understand how you cannot go for that. I was on a call with someone and he was like, I'm making 500k. He's like, I don't get it. Like, why do you want to make more money? And I actually had to calm myself down because I got really, really mad. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, you think this is for the money? Like, you think I'm doing this? Like, are you just doing this for the money? Like, this is crazy. Like, there are people out there that like need help that we can really make a difference for. And so if you're sitting there and you're making 500k and you're telling me like, well, I don't really like this. Is just kind of not, I'm just like, huh? Like, I don't get that. I don't get it like at all. And so I think it's important to have that, like whatever your kind of like little statement is, whatever that driving force is. And then it's always like, what are you committed to? Right. Every time I face doubt or any anytime I felt face judgment or criticism or someone telling me like, well, you shouldn't spend money on that. Or like, yeah, you should like do this or, oh, like I didn't like that one video you did or whatever. It's like, what am I committed to? Am I committed, this is like every day it's a test, right? Like, am I committed, am I 100% committed to helping women claim their seat at the table? Or am I 100% committed to avoiding fear, judgment, failure, loss? Like, what's it going to be? Because there's no gray. You can't be halfway committed. I can't tell my husband, I'm 50% committed to you. <laughs> like, I'm going to <laughs> go out tonight and then like, but tomorrow I'm going to be like, it doesn't work that way. You're, it's all in or nothing and a lot of people are more committed to avoiding fear and to like feeding their ego avoiding fear of av- avoiding failure avoiding all those things and they're not really committed to serving so yeah. it's like you got to just make a choice just make a decision this is why i
1: love you cuz that's my <laughs> driving force of the same thing like i want to see more underrepresented populations not just having a seat at the table but having a voice once they get there mm. Cause they're so like, I just, yes, yes. And yes, it goes back to like core values and finding people mm-hmm. you're aligned with. But Caitlin, I mean, I feel you dropped so many nuggets today. For anybody who's interested in learning how to make their own evergreen webinar or mm-hmm. how to scale their online course, where can we find more information about you?
0: Well, definitely just go to my website, caitlinbatcher.com. Cause on there you'll find a bunch of like video trainings. You'll find a link to my free Facebook group. Oh, I'm supposed to be building my Instagram. Follow me on Instagram too. I'm supposed to be like, (laughs) I'm trying to really focus on that, and I keep forgetting about it. But I am being very diligent in my Instagram story. Your
1: Instagram game has really enhanced over the last few months, Yes.
0: I have really been making it a priority. I'm going to help people claim their seat at the table via Instagram stories. (laughs) That's
1: what's happening, (laughs) guys. Seriously, go follow her on Instagram. She has really great content. And it's really nice to see that I'm not the only one that also visits target multiple times in a week. (laughs)
0: So
1: I feel better about my life too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Well, just again, thanks so much for coming on today, Caitlin. All right. Thank you, Jerisha. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thanks so much for listening in today. It means the world to me that you take time out of your morning commute or during your workout or while you're at home to listen into our show And to show my thanks, I would love to actually hop on a phone call with you. That's right. I mean, pick up a phone, dial a phone number, you know, do what our parents used to do back in the day before Instagram DMs. (laughs) But I would love to actually just learn more about you and thank you for, you know, tuning in and listening to our show. So if you'd love to hop on a call, just visit JerishaHawk.com backslash chat and I will talk with you soon.